Let's look at verse 9, introducing us to this. And it says the following. <clears throat> this is my kryptonite. <laughs> I'm trying. It's not moving. So I'll let you guys, can you get it to the next one? It always works before service because we don't want it to happen the next week and then the next week. <laughs> so here we go. Therefore Jesus said again, I tell you the truth, I am the gate for the sheep. All who ever came before me were thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. The gate you pick to go through is really important, right? Yes. I mean, that, that applies even just here on earth. The gate you pick to go through is really important. Now, what if you went to the airport, you've gone through security, okay, you finally got your belt and your shoes back on, you're all ready to go, <laughs> and you say, I just kind of feel like gate D would be a good gate today. I think I'll go to gate D. And then you go to gate, is that really a wise way to do it? You should really look at your ticket. Okay? And if it says gate C, but you really feel like going to gate D, what should you do? You should really go to gate C. You really should. You know, check your ticket. The gate you pick is really, really important. Okay? Um, some gates, or we'll call it doors in this instance, just to make my illustration work. Some gates or doors lead to painful experiences. You know, I, uh, we have a dog named Hershey. I don't know how she knows. We hardly ever take her to the vet. Hardly ever. But somehow, she knows. You can get her in the car, which is not so bad, and she's driving along and she's okay. And then you turn into this parking lot and she starts getting concerned. <laughs> and we go to a lot of parking lots. I mean, we put our dog in the car and we go places, leave her in the car lots of times. So, I mean, it's not like, it's unusual. But when she gets out, it's, she starts looking around and you can just see it in her face. This isn't going to be good. <laughs> and then, of course, we have her on a leash at that time. And you start taking her to the door I don't know if, if other people's pets leave a scent or a sign of some sort that says, at all cost, do not go through this door. I don't know how it works. But I know that our dog, she has no problem going through doors. But when we take her to the vet, she is resisting. And she looks sad and she looks at you like, why would you love me and do this to me? But she always ends up in the door with all the other animals that are freaking out. <laughs> somehow, somehow she knows. Jesus very boldly said, I'm the gate. I am the gate. He never said, there are other good gates. He just said, I am the gate. Yes. I'm the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Whoever enters through me will be saved. Yes. That's that word sozo. 
It means to save, heal, cure, preserve, keep safe and sound, rescue from danger or destruction, deliver. It means all of those words. He said, I'm the gate. Go through me. You've got to go through me to be saved. From what? What do we need to be saved from? Well, I'm just going to put some things out there. I'm not going to put a bunch of verses up for them. But spiritual death. Being spiritually dead and separated from God. Okay? That's kind of the way we all start. I mean, you start as a baby, you're innocent. Then you get old enough to where you, you know, first words I learned, I'm sure, was, yes, mommy. I'm pretty sure that's the first words I ever said. (laughs) Yeah, it was probably no. (laughs) You've heard this story, but I always love it, and it's good to embarrass your son once in a while. So, But when he was in a high chair, and he was doing something, and Lori very clearly went up to him and said, Obey mommy. And he looked at her and he said very clearly, and he was quite young, and he said very clearly, Obey baby. <laughs> so, so, there's that sin nature, man. It starts young. It starts young. What did Jesus want to save us from? Spiritual death. Being separated from the God who made us. Our very purpose is in God, and yet we're separated from Him. He, he wants to save us from judgment and condemnation. Because our sins are sins against God. And all sin will be judged. Scripture says that very clearly. And so, Jesus, he wants to save us from those consequences. He wants to save us from being a slave to sin. It's rough when you see people going through life and they're just a slave to sin their whole life long. That is not the plan of God. That's not the will of God. Jesus doesn't want people to be destroyed. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that you would have life. Look at these words of Jesus. Let's look at them again. Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to what? So that's like a really wide gate. It's easy to go through that one. But small is the gate, and narrow is the road that leads to life. And only a few find it. Is it because God's wanting to hide it from people? Absolutely not. It's not hidden. But it's just people in their hearts decide, I want this route. Instead of this one single one, where Jesus is the gate. Jesus wants to bring us back into a right relationship with God. Right? Yes, that's what he wants to do. So, uh, let's look at this. And again, the words of Jesus. I don't know what I'm doing, people. Oh, there we go. <laughs> okay, I enter through the narrow gate in. Okay. Make it. Jesus' words here. I am the way. It, it, it isn't written, I am a way. There's a, different, there's, there's a huge difference between be, being a way and the way. Okay? I am the way and the truth 
and the life. No one comes to the Father. No one. No one can come to the Father unless they go through Jesus. That's the only way to the Father. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He'll get you going all kinds of directions. But Jesus said, I came. I'm the gate. I came. Pass through me. Pass through me. I'm the only way to the Father. Simple message. Powerful message. Jesus, let me just briefly share the gospel. Then we're going to move on to the second point. Jesus, God, the Son of God, eternal, always existing, came to the earth at a particular period in time, took on the form of a human being, a servant, born as a man, and grew up just like we grew up, and yet he never sinned. He was tempted, but he never sinned. He, he always had fellowship with his Father the entire time he walked on this earth. Sin never broke that off. And at the appointed time, Jesus said, no man can take my life from me, but I will lay it down. And at the appointed time, he laid it down and he allowed man to take him and nail him to a cross. He allowed that to happen. And while he was on that cross, all of my sins were put on Jesus. All of your sins were put on Jesus. And his fellowship with the Father was broken instantly. And he cried out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why have you left me? Because our sins were put on Jesus. And he became the sacrifice, the perfect sacrifice for all the sins of the world. He died for our sins, scripture very clearly says. On the third day, God raised him back to life again with this promise. To any who will receive my son, the son of God, as their savior, the one who died for their sins, and as their Lord, I will give them a new life also. And I will be their father. They will be my child. Jesus said, I'm the gate. And I've come that you would have life. Life to the full. Which brings me to the second point. What abundant life isn't. What abundant life isn't. Wow. This thing is... <laughs> Can you do it for me? It would be unchristian of me to throw this right now, so I'll just, I'll, just, I'll just set it down. Okay. So, this should be slide number eight. Okay, here we go. What abundant life isn't... And I had, I had to reduce this message because, you know... <laughs> I tend to put way too much stuff in one message. So, But this is one point I couldn't leave out. Abundant life isn't a life without challenges or problems. See, some, some people think, well, I'll receive Jesus into my life and all my problems will go away. Was that your experience? <laughs> when you received Jesus as your Lord and as your Savior, did all of your problems go away? That was not my experience. But some people, sometimes they get this idea that that's the way it should be, and then they think, well, I don't have abundant life because I have problems. Well, we have the words of Jesus up there. Let's take a look at it. 1633. 
talking with his disciples. He said, I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. I am the source of peace. In this world you will have trouble. In this world you will have trouble. Are you in this world right now? Yes, you are. You're breathing. You're in this world right now. Okay? And there will be troubles in this world. But he said, take heart. I have overcome the world. There's victory. But abundant life does not mean a life without problems. Jesus never promised us a life without problems. Let's look at the next one. Ephesians 6, 10. It's a long one. But look at this. This is written to all of God's kids. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. Put on the full armor of God, which it talks about later. We will not take time to go through it. But it says, put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes, his plans, his tricks, which basically tells me, as long as I'm on this earth, the enemy of my soul will be trying to set traps and snares and stuff for my life. I don't want that. So let's just say, Jesus, please take it away so that never happens. <coughs> Will he answer that prayer? No. He won't. As long as you're in this world, you will have trouble. There will be opposition. It's just a part of this world. But Jesus said, you know, be of good cheer. Rejoice. I've overcome. You'll overcome. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood. It's not against your neighbor. It's not against your boss. It's not against your spouse. But against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore... Put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you've done everything, to stand. Now the reason I'm even putting this verse up there is just simply, you have to let go of any thought that abundant life means you don't have troubles. That abundant life means that everything is just easy. Okay? Jesus didn't promise that. So if things seem kind of tough, let me tell you, you can have abundant life in the midst of going through difficulties. Well, let's look at this. You know, Jesus isn't, isn't some drug that you take to escape problems. Now, that's not in the scriptures, but I still think it was good. Jesus is not some drug that you take to escape problems. Jesus is not some drug you take or something you smoke to get away from responsibilities. He's not. See, Christians don't go through life trying to avoid problems or escape problems They go through life knowing Jesus will help them through this problem. 
And Jesus will help them come through it even stronger with victory in their heart. And not coming through it all beat up. So, abundant life isn't a life without challenges or problems. Okay? So, let's move on to what abundant life is. Okay, next slide. Thank you. These are just... Uh, there could be more than what I list this morning, but these are just some things that I wanted to share. When I, when I think of abundant life, and as I read the scriptures, these are things that I see that is like, that's that abundance, that super abundance, that more than enough that Jesus is talking about. Okay, the first thing I want to list is this. What abundant life is? It is spiritually dead and condemned people restored to a right relationship with God. Spiritual death is a, it, that's tough. That's eternal, okay? Jesus said, I've come that they may have life. They were separated from my Father. They were condemned by their, the sins. They were enslaved to all that stuff. And I've come that they could have God in their life again. Oh, abundant life. Ephesians 2. Look at this, verses 1 through 6. Once you were dead, doomed forever because of your many sins. You used to live just like the rest of the world, full of sin, obeying Satan, the mighty prince of the power of the air. He is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. People don't know that. Before I was a Christian, I didn't know that that spirit was at work within me. I was unaware of all of that, but it was. It was. All of us used to live that way, following the passions and desires of our evil nature. We were born with an evil nature, and we were under God's anger. Wrath, it says in other translations, just like everyone else. That is the spiritual condition of people who don't have Jesus. Whether they're millionaires and billionaires, or whether they're homeless on the street, without Christ, that is their spiritual condition. And I'm only saying that because that's what I see in scriptures. But, let's go to the rest of the verse. But God is so rich in mercy. Mercy. See, we don't want justice in our relationship with God. We don't want justice. We want mercy. Because if God deals with us justly, we are very much in trouble. We're accountable for what we've done and we must answer for what we've done. But if God deals with us in mercy, mercy, God not giving us what we really deserve, the mercy of God. But God is so rich in mercy and He loved us so very much. Love. Do you realize you're loved by God? That even while we were dead because of our sins, spiritually dead, He gave us life when He raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's special favor, grace, that you have been saved. For He raised us from the dead along with Christ, and we are seated with Him in the heavenly realms, all because we're one in, with Christ Jesus. Let me tell you what. Abundant life, abundant life, is a spiritually dead person that was under the wrath of God 
Because God Himself steps in to change the situation and makes us alive, restored to fellowship with Him so that we're walking in this life in relationship with God instead of separated. To me, that's abundant life. Amen? That's abundance. That's excessive. Walking with God. Walking with God. What else is it? When an imperfect person has peace with God. It's good to have peace in your home. How many of you would say yes? Yeah. Yeah. You're not one of those couples that tries to win and get in fights and you're always... No, you're, you, know, you want peace in your home, right? And I'm not going to say some joke about, you know, never mind, just peace. Peace in the home is good. What about peace with God? Not everybody has it. You know? I can remember going to bed. I was a teenager. I didn't want to think about God. wasn't raised in church. You guys have heard this all before. I wasn't raised in church at all. But I, I did believe there was a God out there. I didn't want to think about God. You know? Read a book. Watch something on TV. Do something. But you don't want to think about God because when I would think about God, my thoughts are, I'm not right with God. You know? There was no peace. When I thought about God, there was no peace. So what you did, like a lot of people, thousands of people do, is you go do something else quick and get your mind off it, okay? And you just don't think about it. The day I received Jesus into my life, the day I received Him, went to bed that night, and you know what? Peace with God. I could think about God, and there was peace. And every day after that, I could walk through life. And when I would think about God, there's peace. Let me tell you, that is an abundant life. Being at peace with God. Because you see people all around you who aren't at peace with God. And it's a whole different situation. He said this. For God in all His fullness was pleased to live in Christ, and by Him, God reconciled, restored, brought back into a right relationship, everything to Himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of His blood on the cross. This includes you. This includes you. Hmm. Who were once so far away from God? You were His enemies, separated from Him by your evil thoughts and actions. God made it possible. Well, another one. Abundant life, being able to come into God's presence and stand before Him faultless. Some people, sometimes Christians have a hard time thinking faultless. But you know what? The blood of Jesus Christ cleanses you. And when you stand in the presence of the Lord, He sees the perfection of His Son. That's the good news of Jesus. Let's look at this verse here. It says, Yet now He has brought you back as His friends 
He has done this through his death on the cross in his own human body. As a result, he has brought you into the very presence of God and you are holy and blameless as you stand before him without a single fault. Wow! Abundant life! The the devil will accuse you of everything you ever do wrong. This is not talking about a Christian who has learned perfection and never makes mistakes. It's talking about a believer, a Christian, who the blood of Jesus covers him. And cleanses him. And because of that precious blood, they can come boldly into the very presence, the very throne room of grace to obtain mercy and help in a time of need. And you don't need to feel shame or any of that stuff. This is an abundant life. The God who sees everything says, no, what I see is the blood of my son has covered you. Come into my presence. The blood of my son has paid the price. Come close. Let's work through this thing. It's, it is precious to live life where you don't have to be good enough to come into God's presence. You can just come into His presence because of what Jesus did. It's wonderful. That's life to the full. Let's go to another one. Abundant life is no longer being a slave to sin. People are slaves to sin. Uh, Look at that verse. Hebrews 9.26 He, Jesus, came once for all time at the end of the age to remove the power of sin forever by his sacrificial death for us. See, before Christ was in our lives, we were slaves to sin. Okay? And you might think, well, I didn't do some. Look, we all had our favorite sins. Some sins might have repulsed you. Okay? But there were other sins that you liked. And don't tell me you didn't. Okay? We were all slaves to sin. Maybe we could quit smoking. Maybe we could quit doing some other things. But there were other stuff we were just enslaved to. And Jesus says... I'm going to set them free. I'm going to set them free. So, when he died on the cross, that power of sin that we were enslaved to, Scripture says, it actually talks about being circumcised. That we were circumcised, there was a circumcision that happens, and that that sinful nature is cut off. We can still be tempted to sin, but we are not a slave that has no choice but to fall into it and give in to it. You know what I'm saying? Before I was a Christian, my biggest goal was to not get caught sinning. Okay? After Jesus came into my heart, my my desire was, God, help me to stop this. Help me to get free from this. It was a change of heart. And you know what? Some things changed really quick. It's like, uh, I, I grew up in a family where we used a lot of adjectives, you know, to describe things that you wouldn't find in a dictionary, typically. And, man, I, I, I gave my life to Jesus. You know, and about a week later, I'm just... I just man, I'm not, I'm not cussing near... I'm not cussing like I used to. I, I didn't even have to try to stop. It just kind of just fell away. There were other things that still tempted me, okay? <clears throat> 
an abundant life. Slavery to sin has been broken off. And now, through walking with Jesus, in His strength, with His help, with His forgiveness, we start to overcome things that we had been enslaved to. And let me tell you, a person isn't free to sin. They're enslaved to sin. The person who's really free is the person who's not enslaved to it anymore. Okay. Oh, goodness. God wants you free. God wants you free. I'm kind of rambling here, but let me just say this. Some of you, there's been some things in your life that you've struggled with for a long time, and you've you kind of come to the place where, uh, you know what, I've prayed so many times, I, I, I don't, maybe I'm just stuck with this the rest of my life. I don't know if I'll ever get free from this. Oh, you will. You will. Because Jesus is determined to help you get free. And he'll wait until you stop trying it on your own and you say, I can't do it. Jesus, I can't do this. You're going to have to help me. And oh, will he step into the picture? He won't help you a week at a time. It'll just be one day at a time. But he'll help you one day at a time. It is the plan of God for you to be free. Now I know in this room there's some things that are secret. That only the Lord knows you're doing. But let me tell you, it is the plan of God for you to be free. That is that abundant life that he says is for you. Does it happen instantly? Occasionally. But a lot of times it's just you get up, you ask God to forgive you, and you say, help me, Lord, help me again, and you just walk with him again. Okay? Now, when I talk about sin, some of you are thinking, you know, sexual sin, blah, 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 whatever. You know what? Just not trusting God is a huge thing for some of us as Christians. We don't trust Him. It's wrong. God, help me to trust you. Help me to, to just trust you. <clears throat> okay. One more to go here. I like this one. I'll finish with this one. Part of that abundance that the Lord has for us is that we get to go through life with His Holy Spirit helping us with everything. The Holy Spirit wants to help you with everything. Everything. John 14, 15. Jesus is talking with his disciples. It's coming close to the time when he's going to be laying down his life. He said, if you love me, obey my commandments. Hey, if you really love me, then just follow me and do what I say. Okay? And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor who will never leave you. Another counselor who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world at large cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you do. Because he lives with you. Now he said that because Jesus hadn't died for the sins of the world yet. So the Holy Spirit certainly was there. But after Jesus died for the sins of the world, people could be born into the kingdom of God. That's when the Holy Spirit was able to come into them. So he says, he's with you, but he's going to be in you. He's going to come in. 
That word counselor, it means one called alongside to help. Anybody in here need help living this in this life? Okay? Alright? Well, God says, I know you do. I've watched you for a long time. I know you need help. And I gave you my spirit. The same spirit who empowered Jesus as he walked on this earth. The same spirit that raised him from the dead. He said, I'm giving him to you. And he's going to live in you. And he is going to help you with everything. Everything. That word counselor, it means strengthener, comforter, helper, advisor, advocate, intercessor. The Holy Spirit prays for us. He does. It means ally. It means friend. I've got a great helper with me. Do you have one with you? Do you know how to get his help? There was less amens that time. Do you, do you know how to get his help? Now, if you don't know, don't lie. <laughs> God lives in each of his children by his spirit. His spirit lives in us. His Spirit wants to help us with everything. The temptations that come, the Holy Spirit says, I want to help you overcome that. The fears that come, the Holy Spirit says, I want to help you rise above these. The whatever that comes, the healing that we need at times. Some things happen in life and they hurt. And the Holy Spirit says, I want to comfort you. I want to help you through this. Jesus said, I'm not going to leave you as an orphan. My spirit is coming. He's your helper. He will reveal all of the things of God. He will even reveal Jesus to us. Oh, that's an abundant life. Having the spirit of God with you in everything you're going through. The problem is, we... Sometimes we just think we're going through stuff alone. You know, we just, we don't realize the help that we have. And we just kind of try to do it on our own. It reminds me of a story of a chainsaw. It's really a dumb story, but I'm going to tell it anyway, okay? So, a guy noticed that his friend had a ton of wood all cut up. And he said, how did you get all that done? He said, I got a chainsaw. Well, I'm going to get a chainsaw too. So he went out and bought a chainsaw. And after a week of using that chainsaw, he was disgusted. He was fed up. He went over to his friend and he said, I bought this chainsaw and it's more work cutting wood than it was with the handsaw. And the guy said, well, let me take a look at it. So he shows him the chainsaw and he pulls it and it starts. And the the guy says, what's that noise? It was all there. It was all there. He just didn't understand. For some of us, that's the way we are with the Holy Spirit. He is right there. And we carry Him around everywhere we go. And we try to do everything ourselves. (laughs) We do that. But Jesus said, Hey, you know what? 
I'm the gate. I'm the way that you'll be saved. And I want you to have an abundant life. I want you to have a life to the full. But if you want to try to do it on your own, go ahead. It won't be a life to the full. But if you'll learn to be dependent upon my spirit, then you'll start experiencing these things that I have for you. All right, let's finish this off. I just saw somebody who I highly respect look at their watch. <laughs> let's go to the last slide. I'm not touching that thing anymore. <laughs> Jesus says abundant life comes through him. That was the first point. The second point was what abundant life isn't. It isn't a life without problems. It isn't a life without challenges. That is not what abundant life is. What is abundant life? Let me just list them again. Spiritually dead, condemned people restored to a right relationship with God. That is an abundant life. An imperfect person now having peace with God. That is an abundant life. Being able to come into God's presence and stand before Him faultless. Bring all of your cares to Him. What a beautiful thing to be able to do. There's so many people in the world, they don't have anybody to go to. You know? And the only help they've got is human help. We have God. And we can come boldly into the throne room of grace to obtain mercy and help in the time of need before that verse it talks about because of the blood of Jesus. We can come boldly in. Alright? You're no longer a slave to sin. I want you to start saying that. I am not a slave to sin. Let's say that together. I am not a slave to sin. Now if there's sins that you like and want to keep doing, it bothers you to say that. There's a conflict on the inside. But, if really you do want to be free, then faith can start to rise. You know what I'm saying? Faith, you start believing. I believe what God said. I am rambling this morning. I'm sorry. <laughs> the Lord spoke to me one night. I thought I was being so good. I was reading my Bible. You know, I was in bed reading my Bible and the Lord spoke to me. I was reading through Hebrews. And He said, Mike, you have a wicked, unbelieving heart. Yes, I was a pastor at that time too. Mike, you have a wicked, unbelieving heart. And it's like, I rebuke you, devil. But I knew it was God. And then he spoke again. He said, you'll believe my promises for other people, but you won't believe them for yourself. And then he said something else. He said, from now on, I will do the thinking, you do the believing. <laughs> Why did I even say any of that? I tell you what. If God says that you're no longer a slave to sin, then what are you? You are no longer a slave to sin. If He says it, that's the way it is. If your life doesn't quite line up with it, I don't care. We agree with God. I am no longer a slave to sin. And as you cooperate, as you agree with Him, as you proclaim what He says you are... Faith will start to rise and you'll start to have more strength to overcome stuff than you did before. We've got to believe God's word. We have to. You're no longer a slave to sin. 
And we go through life with God's Spirit in us, helping us constantly. You made it all the way through the end of this message by the help of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to have the worship team come up. I'm looking at a room filled with people who have an abundant life. You got to stop listening to the devil. He says you don't. He says you have problems. Well, you may. But you have an abundant life. You, Jesus made the way for you to have an abundant life. As we leave the building today, don't leave this building feeling discouraged. Leave it encouraged. You have an abundant life. You have an abundant life. That's what God says. You have an abundant life. He gave you life and life to the full. Read about it every day. Get your Bible open and read about it every day. Spend some time talking with the Lord every day. Let this stuff work out in you. Let's stand together.